Good morning. Uh, so today is about temptation. We just seen that. Uh, we're going to finish up the Lord's Prayer. It's the last verse, verse 13 uh, of chapter 6. Uh, it says, lead us not into temptation, uh, but deliver us from evil. Uh, you may have seen the video before. Uh, it's been out there quite a while, but I would say, uh, if you just seen it for the first time, you get it, right? It points to temptation and kind of how it relates uh, to temptation. But I will say there's something hugely wrong uh, about the video, glaring, uh, hugely wrong. Uh, and just truthfully, like, what is that, Kenny? I'll just tell you the video, when we think about how we deal with temptation and struggle with sin, like the glaring thing wrong with the video is, man, it's cute. Like, and it's funny. I, my favorite is the kid that won't look at it. He just feels it. <laughs> right, that's weird. But, 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 like, but us flirting with temptation and sin... It's not, it's not cute, right? When heaven looks down at our struggle, like it's not time for laughter and giggling. That's just not. And Jeremiah 2, 12 says, be appalled. That's a big word. Be appalled, O heavens. Be shocked and utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. We've left something that would fill us. And then it says we've hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that won't hold water. So in other words, we've made something. We've searched for something in something that's empty. Right? We had the answer, but then we went to something that was empty. And so when heaven looks and sees us struggling, that like what we did was realistically we went against an almighty God that knows what's going on. Like I don't I don't think it's I don't think they think it's cute or or funny. Um I I, I think I've probably been a little bit of those conversations, like the, the conversation that you laugh at, that like, man, I got hammered last night and everybody around you laughs or yeah, I shouldn't have said that, but man, she had it coming, didn't she? Like, or he had it coming. Like, I know I shouldn't have said it, but like, I, I don't think heaven looks at that and goes, yeah, you're okay. And it's kind of like the video, like when the kids are just nibbling at it, like that's not, I don't know. The Bible uses the word shocked and appalled. Um, and truthfully, those are not cute words. And so I tried to think what makes the video more relevant, which we're not going to do it. Of course, what if we dip those marshmallows in rat poison? Because I, I think that that would probably bring about something different than everybody in the room, right? We have a different emotional response to that video. Like when they start nibbling at it, like it's a video, and I promise you, there'd have been people in here standing up yelling at that screen for those kids not to touch it, right? You see the difference? Like it, it pulls us to don't do it. Like stop. It's it's hurting you, right? And that would probably be a more accurate way to to to, to look at how. We should treat temptation, right? Heaven says it's evil. It says deliver us from e evil. And we all have that line. Like there's some funny things that people tell us. And then like there's a line that they'll cross that gets really disturbing. The easiest one I could come up with, I was on a mission trip when I was 16. And uh, I had to work with a guy. We went to buy construction uh, materials. He asked me what, I was 16 at the time. So like, what do you do? What's your family doing? All this stuff. If you don't know, my dad was an undertaker my whole life. I've been around more death than you'll ever see in your life. So I told him that. My dad's an undertaker. Well, he tells me he used to be. And then he starts telling me jokes about how he used to, like, tie fishing line to a body's hand in the casket when his buddy would come in to lift the casket lid, like the hand would raise, and it would really send his buddy for a loop. Like, And I can imagine, like, and he, he told me that one. He told me a couple of others. And pretty childish things, like I'm a 16-year-old, you're a grown man, and I'm calling it. 
two stories in, I just shut him down. Like, not awkwardly, but like, man, because my dad, like, when it comes to your mom, like a deceased person, like your mom, your dad, ain't no playing. Like, you want a whooping? I got some whoopings for, for even goofing off in the building, right? They ain't no playing. When, and honestly, I thought that. I told the guy, man, that's really not funny, kind of disrespectful and really sad that you're telling a 16-year-old. But, man, I wish you would have worked for my dad because he'd have put you in it. He'd have put you in that casket. He'd have killed you, right? He didn't play. He, he don't play, right? So we all have that line that's funny, right? I remember hearing a, a story right out of college. A guy that I knew had been married. He had a kid, and then they told us he met a waiter at a restaurant. He went back to the Huntsville or something and met this waitress and, had an affair, or whatever, and like all my, all the people I'm around are laughing. And I, in my mind, I'm like, man, y'all have a kid that's less than one. That's not going to end well. Like it, it's life changing decisions. Like it's not. And so I think we look at some sin that we can laugh at, maybe, and think that's funny. But man, I think when heaven looks down, they don't laugh. Like when we move away from an Almighty God that knows what's best for us, and they see us, I mean, we move away from that. What is that? That's evil. That's what First John says. Us, Jesus told us, First John says, Jesus came to destroy evil. Like, that's what that is. Denzel Washington took a part in uh, the movie American Gangster. I hope you've seen it. It's really old. I don't care if you've seen it or not, but he took the, the part, and he was like, hey, I'll take it. And we can show the movie We can show the movie scenes, the cars, the people, the houses. But, but, but we're not going to make it a Scarface, Godfather type that got glorified. Like, people bought posters of a dude standing in front of stacks of cocaine and money with a gun shooting at people. And Denzel Washington in that said, man, we're not, we're, we, we can show the houses, but we're also going to show the other side, the flip side. And they show even, even a scene of a lady that's a crack addict that sells her baby for drugs. And what he's saying is, man, if you see the other side of it, like if you see down the road a little bit, like when we see what real, evil really is, we'll look at it a lot different and we don't label it our hero. Right? Actually, we'll back up and say we don't want any part in it. And see, when Jesus shows up, see, he's the hero. Why? Because he's rescuing us from that, from evil. Like, he busts the door down, steps in, and gets us out of the way. He don't destroy us because we're eat up with it, ain't we? We're eat up with that evil, with sin. But what does he do? He's going to bridge a gap from an almighty God to a broken people. That's what he's here for. Right? Thank goodness. He's going to rescue us. And then, like a couple weeks ago, when he covered our Father, ain't it nice to be able to pray our Father? We know he cares about us like a dad. Like a dad should, right? Because he loves us, right? We get a chance to go from darkness to light. Like that's that's awesome. We get to be a part of God's family. That's awesome. And then we can honestly pray, hey, your kingdom come, your will be done. I want heaven here and I want it now. I want everybody I know to be a part of it. And I can celebrate great things. And I don't want to be a part of the other junk. Right? I want to be able to pray this prayer and mean it. I want to be transformed. I don't want any part of sin. Right? That's what it's saying. Like, I don't want anything to do with it. Yet, the reality is what? Sin dominates us all the time. It's like a little dictator. 
running around in your heart. And I think Jesus will knock the door down and, and defeat evil. But the truth is, like, he'll defeat it. That little dude's still in there, though, ain't he? Like, I mean, we just can't snuff him out. Like, it just, Jesus decides not to defeat sin completely till we end this place. So until then, what are we going to do? We got little Hitler dude running around in our heart. And he's trying to pull different directions. We're trying to go. Like, we're, So what do we do? We don't pray for just past sins. We're looking at a verse where we're praying for sins in the future. The sins that are coming. Hey, God, we need to resist those. They're out there. They're in the path. I want to resist those. Right? I'm going to tell you a terrible example, but it is one. You ever seen the show The Biggest Loser? Me and Monica used to watch that for whatever reason. If you don't know what it is, it's like humongous people, and they come in, and for like a couple months they work out, and then they, whoever loses like the most weight, they have all these competitions. But it's not like, I mean, this is some big folks, right? Like health-threatening health big, big people. Like one guy, Eric, he weighed 417. But what it is amazing is you take a guy that weighs 417 pounds, and by the time he left, he ran a marathon, he weighed 193. Like if you do the math, and I did it on a calculator so I get it right, it's 214 pounds gone. Like he lost him and some change, right? He lost him and some change. But what do you see? And y'all know how that story ends if you watched it. But like a few years later, they follow up with him. And like on the, the follow-up show thing and the same things that got him to 400 pounds. The same thing that they showed a doctor's visit where the doctor told him he had a fat wrapped around his heart. And he was less, he had double, less than double digits to live if he didn't change anything. Like those same habits that dude was walking in a couple years later had gained every pound back. And he sat on a talk show crying about it. And you're like, man, wouldn't you set free from that? Like, what, what, why would you go back to that? Because yes, we've been set free, but what? There's still a pool there. It's still, it's like it's holding us captive and it's killing us. Another time on the show, there was a 17-year-old kid and like he was killing it, going crazy, losing weight, looking good. It was awesome. They sent him home for a week. What does his buddies do? They take him to the bowling alley, feed him chicken wings and beer and an ice cream cake. What? Like, what? The same stuff that's killing him? They shove it in his face. It even showed some stupid girl. She's like, oh, we were just trying to be encouraging. Shut up. You weren't. You just want to say, run, man, run. They're not your friends. Run. Like, that's terrible. The same things that was killing him, you're pulling him back into it. People will do that for you. If you think you got it controlled, people around you will pull you back to it if you're not careful. And so the reality, the reality is for us. Is Jesus set us free. We didn't do any part of that. Like he, he set us free. He brought us from death to life. And the point of it is when you make that decision, we want to move toward a holy, holy God. But what? There's always a tug that wants to come back to some destructive things, and we know that. And sometimes we're tempted to go back to some really dark things that are no good for us. We know it, but our heart still tugs that way. And if it ain't your heart, it's your buddies. If it ain't your buddies, it's your folks at work. Like, and you know that path ain't good. But we'll entertain it right in the middle of it. Right? But what happens? So God teaches us to pray. God, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Like, when Heath asked me to preach today, 
because he's out of town. I thought, well, that's pretty straightforward. Let's just say it and leave, right? Lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. Like, that's pretty straightforward, and it is. You can look into some things where uh, some different commentaries will tell you, maybe it shouldn't read temptation. Maybe it should read testing, right? Because we know in James, James tells us, because testing and temptation in Greek, same word. And in James chapter 1, it tells us that God doesn't tempt people. It says, let no one say that is tempted, that I am tempted by God, because he cannot be tempted by evil, so he will not tempt anyone. See, it's the same word, so maybe God doesn't tempt anyone. It doesn't make a ton of sense for me to pray that, so maybe, I mean, he does test people. We learned that in the Old Testament. He takes them out into the desert just to test them to see if they'll obey. But I'll tell you, I don't think it's testing Right? I don't I don't think they're they're asking, hey God, just get me out of a situation that's not good or unpleasant. We can pray that. I think we can. I, I think it's a fair prayer. Like God, get me out of this, this situation that's not good. Like I don't want to be here. I think that's a fair one. Like we can pray that. God, get me out of this. Most of us have, have done that when our bodies hurt. I'm breaking down. I'm physically getting pretty old and I've done it. Like, I've got out of bed and thought, what happened? I'm sore from sleeping. Like, Lord, help me. What in the world? Right? But the point is, like, I, I, I can ask him to, to get me out of there. God, get me out of this now. But I don't think that's what's happening in the prayer. Uh, if we look at context, which I didn't even want to say because Heath was gone, but we have to. If we look at the context, like just in the moment, like if we just grab a couple of them, like they're saying, forgive us of our debts and like get us away from an evil one. So I would say even the context doesn't lead us to asking God to get us out of any tough situation. I don't think it's testing. I think it means temptation. He's just asking God not to lead him into temptation, which is not the same as saying he's doing the tempting, right? That's different. And so maybe you say, hey, Lord, doesn't lead me into a place where I might feel tempted. Because what does James say? James describes temptation as our thoughts are solicited and it stirs our emotions for something evil and we jump. That's what temptation is. So maybe we're asking God not to put us in a situation where that might happen. If I struggle with alcohol, don't go to the bar like that. I don't need to be there. God, please keep me away from that. If I struggle with women or men, like maybe God, I don't need to be, keep me away from that person. But again, I don't know that that's what he's talking about. Why? Because earlier in chapter 4, Jesus leads God leads Jesus himself into the desert to be tempted. So God says, hey, Jesus, come on out here. I got something for you. The devil is the one doing the tempting, not God. But he does lead him there, and he goes, right? So God does that. God will put you in a place where you feel temptation, yet... What are we saying? What's happening in the prayer? Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. I think the best thing to look at is Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, you don't even have to turn there. I'll just tell you, it's the night before Jesus, or the night that Jesus was betrayed. And please don't forget, he knew that was coming. He'd already told them he was going to die. Hey, FYI, guys, I'm out. Mary anoints his feet with oil. He says, hey, that's for my burial. I'm going to die. At dinner, Judas is like, hey, hang on a minute. Somebody's going to betray you? Is that me? And he's like, you said it, big boy. Like, that's a thing. And he knew it was coming. He even told Peter about denying him. Like, y'all are just going to scatter like a bunch of punks. 
Like, it's going down tonight. Let's go to the garden. He leads them to the garden, which is going to be a difficult moment. So Jesus is leading his disciples into a difficult moment, a trial that will ultimately lead to his death. So what does he do? He says, man, let's pray. And he prays and he comes back and they're asleep. Thank you all so much for your faithfulness. Right, verse 41 says he tells them, watch and pray so you will not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So he goes to pray, comes back, they're praying. Hey, I really appreciate that, guys. Let's watch and let's pray so we don't enter into temptation. Does that get them out of the trial, out of the testing? No, he led them there. But, but is, he, is he asking them to get them out of every situation that they'll be tempted? No, he led them there. So what is he saying? Hey, fellas, you're about to enter, enter a difficult moment. Let's start praying now. Let's start praying now so we don't enter temptation. So when those thoughts enter your mind, something you're supposed to make an action and it's not out of faith, it's out of fear, you're being anxious, you're scared, any of those types, you're acting out of emotion. When that moment hits, I already need to be ready to resist that. Prepare now. Jesus says, prepare now. And they don't. And what happens when it happens? They freak. They go nuts. But Jesus, he was doing exactly what they were telling. He was telling them to do. He walks off. He hits his knees. And he says, man, I'm just going to be honest. If there's any other way we could do this, I would love to come up with something else. Right? And in that moment, Jesus is really just being honest. And he's really trying to bell on the will of God. Like there's a part of it he really don't want to go through. And he acknowledges that. But when that moment comes, before that moment comes, and there's a little part of him that wants to bell on Jesus, on God's will, but there's a bigger part of him that's prayed up and ready and says, God, it's your will, not mine. See, that's, that's, that's the push right there. So when the moment arrives, the disciples, not ready. Jesus, oh yeah. Like he, he just looks at the fellas and be like, it's going down. And he prays. So when temptation comes, he don't enter it. Right, he don't enter it. He prayed on the front end, so he don't enter it. He stays on the outside. And see, if we went back to the marshmallow video, I think that's the good illustration for this. He was like, that marshmallow was fun. I, I told the first service, I was going to do that in our kids' building a couple weeks ago. I thought, no, nah, you don't want to watch your kids do that. Uh, some of y'all just watch your kids demolish a marshmallow. back. no, thanks. Um, I didn't want it to be a judgment on the parents. So I just used their video. And uh, But the, the point is, like, that's a temptation for these kids. Like, that's a trial. That's a moment they were tempted and yet, what we can see is that temptation occurring. Man, we can see it when they jump over the line, right? If y'all remember it, what they do? He picks up and smells it. Like one loser, like, like you don't even look at it, he just touches it, right? I'm just going to pet it a little. I'm just going to stick the whole thing in my mouth and spit it out really quick. Maybe kiss it, like that was weird. Right, but what the point is, you've landed in it now. How do I know? Because now my mind is entertaining the thought that were solicited to me of eat that marshmallow, man. 
My heart is being stirred. And I'm a hair, a hair away from action. I'm just right there on the verge. See, that's temptation. And see, when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin gives birth to death. It's got us. Right? And that's what we got to get out of. We got to get out of that. How? I can go a long way. I can go a lot of places. First one I, I, won't, I won't talk about is place. Like, just get out of there. Like, if you're, Romans 13 says, make no provision for the flesh or lust thereof. If you're being tempted by something, get out. If you want to lose weight, don't fill your refrigerator with candy bars. Open it up and be like, oh, my gosh, look at the struggle. Get them out of the refrigerator. Like, it's a simple thing. I tell teenagers this all the time. Don't wait till the back seat to make a decision. It's too late. It's too late. Think about it before you get there and know the answer. Get out of there. Don't put yourself in a high temptation moment. Oh, let me just see if I can make the right decision. No. That don't end well. Make the decision early. And maybe some of us need that approach. If you got a drinking problem, don't go to a bar today. But I won't talk about that. Number two, I could talk about is people. And that's Hebrews 10. It says, let us consider how to stir one another up toward love and good deeds. Hebrews 3 says, let us exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, as long as none of you will be hardened by sin. In other words, let's get around a group of people that will encourage us to do good things, not get around people that will encourage us to do bad things. Like, that's simple enough. Another one of my favorites is great. 1 Corinthians 3 says, don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character every stinking time. It does. Every time. It's just crazy how that works. And the Bible tells us. It's the old saying, I still didn't ask if I was right in the first service. Like, it's hard to fly like an eagle when you jump with turkeys or something. I don't know. It's something weird. <laughs> fly with turkeys or whatever. I don't know it. But, like, some of us could admit, like, I try to be the light in somebody's life on Friday night. Like, I try, I'm the designated driver guy, and I'm trying to be a light. But, man, by the end of the thing, it's just me and another night. Like, you're just not a lot. It's tough to be a lot in the middle of what you're struggling with. I'm just telling you straight up. Like, don't go on Friday. Take them to lunch on Wednesday. It's a lot less pressure than the bar on Friday night. All right? But I'm not going to talk about that either. Because um, I could harp on people in places forever. But I'm just going to mention two things, and I'm done. And they're really quick. But we're given here, like, when temptation hits, what should we do? And like the first one is pray. This is a, a prayer. Invite God into the moment. Like lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. Like God, get me out of here. And like, what does that look like? Like when God comes and rescues, what does that even? How does that usually go? He just wipes the desire away, right? No, that's not it. Like suddenly you're not attracted to that girl, or that guy again. Nope, that's not not usually how it works, right? Probably not. First Corinthians ten says, "No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man, but God is faithful, and He will let you be tempted. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation He will provide a way of escape so you will be able to endure it." In other words, when you ask God for help, 
Like your little conscience, the little house that the conscience lives in is burning to the ground. What will God do when you ask you for help? He'll kick the door open, hold the window, and tell you to go. He usually don't just put the fire out. Right? He just don't. But he gives us a way out every time. So when we're tempted, pray. Pray. That's what he knows your heart. Y'all know God can see us, right? He can see us. He's there. Talk to him. Acknowledge in the moment why you think it's a good idea. He can see you. Talk to him. Even at night, he's awesome. He can see at night. I I always think it's funny that like clubs and whatever, they like all their lights are dim. Like they, it's a shameful place to be, right? Y'all know God can see in the dark, right? He can see us. Talk to him. Acknowledge he's there. Tell him what you're thinking. Tell him why you think it's a good idea. And then ask him for help. And then praise God. Do what he says to do. How do I know what to do, Kenny? I don't know. I ain't never heard the audible voice of God. Thank goodness he sent us a book. That's number two. We pray in the moment. Number two, man, we think of God's word. We think of what it tells us to do. God tells us what to say. He's giving us a prayer. He's shaping our thinking. Like the best weapon against temptation has to be talking to God and thinking about his words. It has to be. It's about prayer and what perspective. God's word gives us perspective. John 17, I don't, I don't ask you to take it away from me, for, get me out of the world. I'm just asking you not to give me the evil one thing. Right? I just don't, I just don't want to be in the evil part. I don't want to take them out. I don't want anyone to be out of situations that are bad. I just want to be protected. Let me make the right decision. Let me, let me say what your word says. Why? Because your word is truth. It's, it's there every time I need it. If I've learned it. Right, if I've tried. And when we get in that moment, man, we can hold on to that moment. We can hold on to God's word in that moment. And even with us having the last verse, like I think we can look back at the whole thing. Like our Father, like how great we have a God that we can say. Our Father, like He loves us. He wants a relationship with me. So when I'm in a bad when I'm in a bad moment. He wants me to come out well. He's for me, not against me. That's great to know. So I can get out of there. Right? Hey, God, bring your kingdom come. Like, I want your, I want it here and I want it now. I need some help. God, I need daily bread every day. Let me get out of this evil stuff. Let me walk in your will every day. God, let us forgive others. My goodness, we should forgive others. Because we've been forgiven. We've all, we're forgiven. Why would we not forgive others? And lead me not into temptation like all those sins are going to be in my path? Like, man, let me know what your word says. Let me talk to you in those moments. Let me know you're going to help. Let me know you're here. Like, deliver me from evil. Like, that's what we have to do when we hit temptation. That's what we all have to do. Like, when temptation comes, like, let's pray and let's lean on his word as truth, as truth. That's, that's what we do when temptation comes, right? Patrick's coming. I'm done. I, I shut it down right there. Um, 
But when we think about, I would say even when you think about the Lord's Prayer, like it starts with our Father. If you need to make Him your Father today, if you can't say that, that's why I'll be down here. There'll be counselors at the back door. Like that's the most important. We want a relationship with Him. And so then when we know Him and we're, we're led into temptation, like, hey, God, God, you're here. I trust your word. Like, get me out of here. And, and the Bible says he'll give you a way out every time. Take it. Take it. And learn God's word. Learn it. Read it. Read it. And then when we read it, we know it, trust it. Right? Don't just make excuses in a moment. A weakness in a moment. Use God's word. Pray and use his word. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray.